Forte Catholic Radio. We are recording a day early on Monday because I'm going to be... Uh, the first reason was that it was Halloween. We're going to be out trick-or-treating with our kids. Now we're trick-or-treating with our kids at like 3 in the afternoon because now, tomorrow, Tuesday, is game six of the World Series because the, the Astros might win the World Series tomorrow. This is crazy, crazy, crazy. So uh, that's why we're recording early, but you don't care because you're either listening on the podcast on Wednesday or you're listening live on Red Sea Radio or St. Michael Radio on Thursday morning. So welcome in. It's great to be here with you today. You're listening to me in the past. I am now wiser than I was while recording this. So Welcome in. We are recording from the Red Sea Radio Studios in College Station, Texas. Before we get too much into the show, we've we got a, a fun show for you today. We're going to prove how dumb I am. It's going to be absolutely great. But before we do any of that, I just have some uh, Forte Catholic Show trivia for you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have uh, Sam and McKenzie pl- here in studio play along. But what I want you to do while you're listening in your car, on your, on your headphones, on, your, on the podcast, on iTunes, or whatever you're doing... I want you to play along, and you can you can uh, send a, send me a message on Facebook, uh, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat at Taylor's Rule S C H R O L L. Send me a message and tell me if you beat the people who have been behind the scenes on the show for a very long time. So, first question: Both of these questions are about like my my taglines at the beginning mm-hmm. and the end of the show. So, the beginning of every show. For a while, I've yelled, what's up? This question's kind of tricky because there are some stages to it. But, so I'm going to be very specific how I ask this. We are now on episode, I think, 54. I might be wrong on that. You can send me a message again telling me that I'm wrong and that I'm stupid, which is what we're proving on today's show. But, so it fits in perfectly. But we're in the mid-50s on episodes, right? So, uh, Mackenzie. Yes. What episode... Do you think I, first of all, do you think I started yelling, what's up? Okay. Or saying, at the beginning of the show, or saying, see ya, at the end of the show? Yes. Which one do you think happened first? Um. Well, in my defense, before I even answer, I haven't been on the show for that long. You do realize, like, there are other ways to hear it rather than just being here in yes. person, right? Okay. Okay. <laughs> but I'm going to guess that... <laughs> That Sia came first. Sia came first. She stole my answer. That was totally what I was going to say. Okay. You think it's Sia? I think it's Sia first. All right. So you're listening at home or driving your car on Thursday morning. What do you think? Good. Good answer. Um, So uh, you are correct. Yay. It is is Sia. Uh, That happened first. So now what episode, we're 50-something episodes in, what episode do you think I started going, Sia? At the end of my show. Sam, we'll start with you. Um, I'm trying to think if I can remember a time when I was here that you didn't say it. Um, so let's go with episode uh, 15. Okay. Dang it, that's what I was going to do. <laughs> <laughs> See, like last time I gave you two answers, so getting the same answer is kind of like it's going to happen. There's no way you thought 15. I was literally standing here going like, 15 sounds good. And then Sam's like, 15. You are going to say 15. You have to pick now. Mm -hmm. Do I have to go higher or lower? Yeah, if it's lower and you pick 14, you win. If it's higher, you you have to pick 16 and and win any of those. I'm going to guess 16. 16. I feel like she has a bigger chance with that. She does. Because there's more numbers. Yet... She's wrong. <laughs> uh, so this was so surprising to me because I've I have been on the show every week. <laughs> a lot of people haven't, uh, but I have. I honestly couldn't remember whether What's Up or See you was first. First of all, so I went through and kind of did some research because we were kind of joking about it uh, behind the scenes on the show a couple of weeks uh, uh, a couple weeks ago. Episode four was the first time I said say it. Episodes two and three, I spoke it. I just said, see ya, <laughs> like something stupid or whatever, right? But really early, episode four. Okay, so um, yelling what's up. And I've already told you this was kind of a transformation. So what is the episode, Sam Shepard, that I first yelled what's up at the beginning of the show? 
Um, seven. Episode seven. Episode seven. Okay, Mackenzie, what do you think? How about ten? Ten. Okay, so y'all think this was pretty early. So, uh, before I give the answer, on episode two, I started not yelling, but I said, what's up? It's okay. like, what's up? Welcome to Fourth Day Catholic. Right. right. Not, not really cool. Episode four, I added a little bit more inflection on the what's up. What's up? Right. Episodes around 10 and 13, I got a little bit louder, but not quite the yelling like I do now. On episode 20, I tried to yell for the first time. But you know that thing where like you're trying to go for something, but you're not quite sure if you should? You're like holding back. It was completely half-hearted. It sounded terrible. So on episode 20, that's what happened. Episode between episodes 30 and 35 is when the yelling what's up like really morphed into what it is today. Like that's crazy. That was only 20 weeks ago. So so yeah, that that's it. So uh none of you got close, but you said 10. I, I said 10. Mackenzie said 10. So Mackenzie wins. Yay. That's so, even. So, good job. so uh, we'll see. Listeners, as you, send me a message. Did you beat the producers? Or did they beat you? And again, I just want everybody to know, like, you don't have to be in the studio to listen to the show. You can listen live on the radios on Thursday morning in Brian College Station and in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Or you can listen anytime you want. If you miss the show on podcast, go to ForteCatholic.com slash radio. So um, here's how I want to, like, really get into the show today. This is absolutely hilarious. I was texting a buddy of mine who's a police officer who's, who's an officer here locally. Uh, he texted that he was listening to the show. He listened to... The, the the show that I uh, announced that we had our baby. So this was two weeks ago. So the the on that show, if you, if you missed it, go listen to it, Mackenzie. And uh, <laughs> on that show, I was like, yeah, a lot happened this week. Like before I said that we had the baby, I said a lot happened this week. This happened. I, play, I beat a video game. The Astros won, blah, blah, blah. And then kind of teasing, you know, being stupid, right? And uh, saving the biggest thing for last. So... He texted me, didn't congratulate me on the baby. He congratulated me on beating Cuphead, the video game, right? So he's kind of playing along with the joke. And he's listening to the show. Here, here are I'm going to give you two quotes from this officer that, that texted me. I, these are my two favorite quotes about the show of all time. I've gotten some pretty good like reviews and stuff. You can always review the show on iTunes. It helps us get uh, more people listening. That'd be fantastic. But I will be, it will, you will be hard-pressed to beat these two these two sentences. He says, I bet I'm the only cop driving around harassing folks that listens to your show. So the fact that, <laughs> the fact that, a, that, a, that a police officer is driving around like giving giving people tickets and like it's so funny because I told somebody this and they were like somebody that hadn't listened to the show before. They were like, is your show like angry? Like are you like riling him up? And I was like, I don't know, maybe. <laughs> you know, I do get angry every now and then, but um and then, and then this next quote was, lots of tickets have been issued while listening to your show. <laughs> I just think it's hilarious. He's listening to me rant and rave about something that happened in church or, uh, or like, the, oh, that was them speeding in the Sam. <laughs> I used to revoke Jake, the old producer's talking privileges. Sam's about to lose like sound effect privileges. That was terrible. <laughs> So, so the, the fact that somebody is driving in their police car, listening to my show, they turn their lights on, pause the show, get out of the car, go out, you know, license and registration, please give somebody a ticket and then get back in the car, turn off the lights and turn back on the show might be my favorite image of anybody listening to the show of all time. So that's, that's all fluff. We've, we've gotten 10 minutes into the show and hadn't talked about anything, but I just thought it was hilarious, some, some fun stuff. So um, our topics for the day, here's what we're doing. I'm going to talk a little bit about uh, a retreat that I'm speaking at this weekend. <clears throat> I'll give you kind of a little sneak peek into that. Uh, but the, the main thing that we're doing today is like two or three months ago, I had you guys, the listeners, uh, shoot me messages of like topics or questions that you wanted for the show. And I got about 15 or so of them. And I answered about 12 of them, I think, over the next couple of weeks. Like I did like two or three every week. But there was a couple that I'm just not smart enough to answer. So 
here we are two, three months later. I am not always quick, but I always come through. It may take me months, weeks, years, but I always come through. So what I did back then was I, I uh, booked these, a couple of people to come on the show to answer these questions that I'm too done to, dumb to answer. Like, I'm too done. I'm just done, which is pretty much what happened when I tried to study these topics. I'm just done. I'm too dumb. I'm going to walk away now. So we've got, uh, we've got a call from Rome. That's how you know you've made it as a Catholic radio show. We've got a call in from Rome. A buddy of mine from undergrad is now studying at this fancy college that he'll tell us about. Like Again, too smart for me, so I can't even pronounce the name of it, right? Um, because I'm dumb and because I don't know Italian. But uh, he's going to come on and share about the natural law and about logic, like as concepts, as fields of study. Uh, and then Becca Landry, who works with us, who's been on the show before, is going to come on and talk about metaphysics. She's here, a student here at Texas A&M. Uh, we record in the Catholic Center at Texas A&M. So she's going to come on and talk about metaphysics, what it is, because I took a metaphysics class and I just barely passed and I have no idea what's going on. But before we do that, before we prove how dumb I am, I want to do something I'm good at, just, just so I can feel good about myself. So this weekend, I'm going to be speaking at the high school retreat that Ablaze Ministries is putting on for uh, four parishes here in our area. And the theme is what, Sam? Rest in his peace. Rest in his peace. Uh, who is he? Jesus. The Jesus, right? He's, he's, my, he's my favorite Jewish man. <laughs> so uh, in the Gospels... Uh, uh, Sam keeps muting herself. I'm going to continue asking you questions, so you might just unmute your mic there. Okay. Uh, it, Sam, in the Gospels, you should have studied this in prepare. I, I in, probably did in preparation for the retreat. I'm not the MC. It's fine. So you don't have to know anything. Okay. <laughs> so, that's another thing. We'll talk about that when I'm your boss tomorrow. Okay. So just tomorrow. <laughs> I'm not your boss on the sh- I am, but not about this just work. Got confusing. Well, whatever. I'm your boss everywhere you go, just in a different, just for a different reason. Okay. So, <laughs> how many times in the gospel does Jesus say, "Peace be with you"? In all four. Um. I I know we've pulled out. One, two, three, four, four of them. I'll give you a hint. You're not remotely close. <laughs> so a lot higher because, you know, the Lord says peace a lot. He just he just knows how unpeaceful we are. So he probably says it like 300 times. That's uh, way too much. <laughs> I, you just told me it was so much. It, it is very far away. Just not he 300 said away. it 150 times. Oh, my gosh. I. I can't tell you how funny that is that you just said that because I just shared this content with the guy who's like leading the talks for the weekend. Right. And <laughs> I asked him the same question and he said 150. Sam, you're dyslexic. I made the joke behind your back and I'm not telling you. I was like, it's 150 if you're Sam because it's 105. <laughs> So, Dang it. Uh, okay, so I just offended all the people who listen that are dyslexic. All, all two of you. I apologize. There's more than two. I don't think there's more than two. All right, okay, maybe not. <laughs> uh, Dylan, who's been on the show before, <laughs> and you. Uh, like, It's ridiculous. Like, Ablaze Ministries is like a haven for dyslexic people. Like, it's... Like, we have and more. all di- my friends. We have more <laughs> dyslexic people on staff than anybody else ever. And I absolutely love you guys. And I make fun of you because I love you. Sarcasm is my love language. So do you feel loved, Sam? She won't answer. Okay, good. <laughs> so um, this week, now that I've offended you, we're going to talk about how to find peace in tough situations, like the situation where you feel like you're being made fun of, somebody's mm. talking bad about you on a radio show, you know, mm-hmm. these types of situations, yes. right? So, uh, and it's, it's, it's called rest in his peace, like RIP, just similar to, or like, you know, kind of invoking this whole Halloween type theme, right? right. So I'm going to be talking about, and it's like a 20 minute talk and we have three minutes left. So I'm going to talk just about a couple of, just like one little piece of it. Thinking about like, what do people think are scary on Halloween? I'm going to show them a picture of the clown from it. And no. Sam's gonna, Sam said she's not going to listen to my whole talk because of that. I did say that. And you're going to listen to it anyway, because I'm your boss everywhere. Okay. So, <laughs> so thinking about scary moments, like when 
Jesus died, mm-hmm. like Friday and Saturday, like before he came back, like the disciples were up in a room filled with fear. Yep. Like fear, doubt, worry, all these things, because they thought like every, their life just died. Like they watched him die, right? Or they ran away from him dying, one of the two. Right. So like they are so worried about this, so much anxiety. And the Jesus, the guy who died the day, you know, two days before, he walks in in the midst of their fear and says, What's Peace. up? <laughs> What's up? <laughs> no, he didn't do that for a few more episodes. <laughs> okay. So he walks in and he says, Peace be with you. And I, I was looking at some Christian art to like project during this. There's one piece and it says, like, they're all like, praying and and uh and like being all pious and stuff and that's how like christian art thinks they react here's how i think they reacted when jesus walked into the room and said peace be with you (laughs) (laughs) exactly like a dude was dead and he just walked through a wall and says peace be with you so you know what jesus says right after that again peace be with you like he says it twice because they're not feeling this peace right but he, he comes in and he says, like, the peace that I have given, like, this victory that I have won, I want to give you this peace. And it's so interesting because if, if you think about it, like, in the midst of their, like, the, the scripture says that they are afraid. They're in this room because of fear. What do they need in that moment? Peace. Like, if you think about, like, what do you think, if I, if I wouldn't have told you that, if I would, just would have said, like, what do you think Jesus said the, the first thing he tells his disciples? I told you so. Like, that's probably what I would think, but that's probably not going to make it scriptures. But it's probably something like, I love you. I came back for you. I'll always be here for you, right? Those are all true things. But what he says, he comes to them in the midst of their fear and says, peace be with you. So in the midst of your trials, in the midst of the things that are driving you crazy, like Jesus wants to come in and share peace with you. How he does that is through is through like just going to spend time with him. Other times he appears to them after he is resurrected and he just spends time with them. He eats breakfast with them. He just wants to be a part of your daily life. So spend some time with him, especially if you're in a time where you don't feel his peace. He wants to give it to you and he will. We'll be right back with our friend from Rome, Adrian Charles. For segment two of Forte Catholic for the evening, and we are doing a first in Forte Catholic history. We are talking to someone who's not even in this country. We are talking to a friend of mine named Adrian Charles, who is who is FaceTimed in from Rome. Adrian, can you hear us all right? How you doing? I'm doing great. Yeah, I can hear you. Good. I I, I thought I had to yell louder since you're a few countries away, but I guess with uh, <laughs> FaceTime, we don't have to do that, right? There you go. I did. I did notice that when we when we set this up, that you didn't want to do FaceTime video. You just want to do FaceTime audio. I'm a little offended. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just worried about the Wi-Fi, making sure that I can get across. (laughs) Yeah, no, I I I totally get it, uh, but it made for a nice easy joke. So, (laughs) so a couple of months ago, uh, in the midst of you. um, be preparing to become a father for the first time. We'll get into that. But uh, I got asked some questions by my by my audience, and there were about three topics that I was like, I'm I'm too dumb to, to answer any of these, so I need to bring in the big gun. So I decided to bring you, the big gun, in. Um, and I didn't actually realize something until today when I went back and looked at the notes f- from this conversation. The person who suggested... These topics are a lady named Monica Charles. Have you heard of her? Yeah, I think so. You know, married her a little over a year ago. <laughs> I didn't even see the irony that she asked the tough <laughs> questions. And I was like, I don't know. Let's ask someone else. And the someone else is her husband. So, so yeah, you, you and I went to, and Monica, 
went to undergrad together at Incarnate Word. We had some good times. Uh, I had a very special song that I wrote for you back in the day. <laughs> I remember. You, I know you remember. It's a little thing called bullying, and I did it a lot with you. <laughs> but uh, it was this song. You, a lot of people have heard the Father Abraham song, right? Father Abraham had many sons, and many sons had Father Abraham. Well, Adrian, you were like discerning you know, your vocation, whether you should get married, whether you should go in the priesthood. And we all thought you'd be a, a great priest. I mean, or a great husband and father, wherever you went. Like, but we were kind of like jokingly pressing you towards the priesthood. So, of course, you, you got married. So, <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so I wrote the song, Father Adrian had no sons because he entered the priesthood. I'm not one of them and neither are you because he is celibate. <laughs> okay. So, <laughs> and then I'm, t- I'm messaging you today and I realized that you truly are father adrian now like you're a dad <laughs> so now your daddy adrian had but still had no sons because you had a daughter that's the new song so, <laughs> congratulations on becoming a father how old is she uh, seven weeks and thank you seven weeks that's that's amazing man I'm, I'm so happy for you guys i've seen pictures it's been it's been really nice so let's let's dive into this Where, uh you know this stuff well because you are a, a smart man you've been around the church for a long time and you are actually studying something smarter than me what are you studying and where are you doing it um i am right now finishing up my bachelor's in sacred theology at the pontifical university of saint thomas aquinas in rome um, next semester, I'll be hopefully starting the license and uh, working towards uh, a doctorate, hopefully, uh, in the next few years. Do- Dr. Father. Do- Dr. Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So what are, you st- what are you studying again? I think you said it, but I missed it. It's a Bachelor's of Sacred Theology. Cool. Um, and uh, we focus a lot on the writings of St. Thomas Aquinas. Gotcha. And I- I'm sure he has a few things to say on the natural law and logic, right? <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> so one Definitely. of the one of the other topics that your that your your wife asked us to cover is donuts. Does does say, say, uh, does he have anything to say about donuts in any of his uh, scholarly writings? Uh, I don't think so. Okay. You know, so I don't he, think he got to experience those. He, here's the deal. We're going to agree that I wanted to talk about it, but you didn't. So you can tell your wife that we didn't talk on the, about it on the show because of you. How's that? Got it. Okay, cool. We'll do. So let's talk about natural <laughs> law. And we're going to talk about two of these things. We have about, uh, about 13, 14 minutes together. So we're just going to cut it in half. Like if we, if you wanted to give us, uh, uh, okay, my, my audience isn't stupid. Well, most of my audience isn't stupid. Some of my audience <laughs> is like me and they're kind of dumb. So why don't you give us like an intro <laughs> into these two things? So what is the natural law? Okay. Well, well, we first want to, take into consideration is when we think of the word law, we don't really want to think of it how we do today, especially in politics. A lot of times that will bring a negative aspect um, to, to this discussion. So um, for Aquinas, he bases the, the doctrine of natural law on his understanding of God and uh, his relation to creation. So he's creator, we are uh, created. So he first asks if there's an eternal law and he talks about an eternal law because of course he's established that God is eternal. And so he gives this definition of law. Law is a dictate of reason from the ruler for the community he rules. So God uh, created everything. He is the ruler of the entire universe. Um, And what we mean by this eternal law is that he orders everything. He puts everything in its place and it moves and moves it. He is the first mover. Um, So this is what the eternal law is. He then moves on and asks, um, is there law in the ruled, those who he puts in place, that which he puts in place? And... He says yes. Now, natural law is uh, is participation in the eternal law by the rational creatures, so namely human beings, since we are the rational creatures. Most of us. (laughs) Yes, most of us. (laughs) Natural law is but an extension of of, uh, this eternal law. So God ordains all of us to happiness, this happiness which is the beatific vision. He wants this for us. 
And he does this by implanting a general knowledge and an inclination for goodness. Um, the natural law is a fundamental principle that is in our nature. It is a part of us. And according to Thomas Aquinas, human beings have an innate habit whereby they reason according to what he calls first principles. What this means is that we use these first principles to act, to understand things. For example, uh, the law of non-contradiction, which kind of goes into um, logic a little bit. But the law of non-contradiction basically says that one thing cannot be and not be at the same time. And these first principles, we do not establish. We actually depend on them. These are things that we cannot prove in any way. So according to Aquinas, all human actions are governed by these general principles. And in terms of acting, um, this foundational principle is to do good and avoid evil. Now, there's a little caveat here, because we naturally desire good. God wants our happiness. He, he wants us to desire these goods. But we, being humans, we may think we desire something good, but it may not be very good. And, or it might be good, but we might take it to the excess, and it actually becomes um, unvirtuous. Yeah, so, yeah, it's interesting so, because like a couple of a couple of months ago, like it was actually right around the time that we that we uh, we booked you to come on. I actually went to a session on natural law because I'm you know I was too dumb to talk about it. I wanted to at least have some kind of background to have a conversation with you on it. And and I I like that last part that you said about how like these it's it's kind of like that old idea of like that God's law was written on our hearts. Like there are certain things that are true, no matter, no matter if we ever got the Bible or not, like murder is wrong, you know, like these, these kinds of things. And so there is some kind of, uh, it seems like there's some kind of connection between like the 10 commandments and like how we're supposed to live and this, and this natural law. So um, when you're studying these things, how does this knowledge of the natural law, like help you to live out your faith? Well, it helps me understand, first of all, God a little more. Of course, God is infinite and we can't understand him completely, but it helps me to learn, to um, get to know him better. And it helps me to know myself better, um, knowing that um, there is um, a certain way to live that God has placed in our hearts that uh, sometimes we struggle to to uh, live out. But um, there's hope there, and uh, we just uh, we know that it is a part of our life. It's a part of the universe. It's, it's a beautiful thing to think that when God created everything, there was an order to everything. And we are part of that order, and in our our minds, our hearts, our souls, there is that order that we are called to follow. And that's such a beautiful thing to think, to know. Yeah, I've, I've heard some things too, just like in, in like some common things that pop up like in, in the news or in, in our culture that I hear people say like with abortion, like abortion is against the natural law or like uh, homosexual marriage is against the natural law. There are these things that it's like, it's not necessarily like proving these things with scripture or like sharing beliefs based on scripture, but on the the natural law. So you you were saying like that it's, it's something that it, that is true because God, God made it and he's the ruler of all these things. So how does the natural law help you in, in your understanding or your explanation of some of these like uh, touchy subjects? Well, it helps to um, it helps me in understanding what is that God desires, and um, within these touchy subjects, for example, like like abortion, it helps to point people in a direction that perhaps allows them to think a little bit more about the subject. That it's not just um, about us. Um, 
one of the best ways to kind of uh, understand this is um, people's understanding of freedom. A lot of time people think freedom is about doing whatever you'd like, but true freedom is about doing God's will. That is true freedom. So uh, it can help uh, in many different ways like that. Yeah, ab- absolutely. Because like, like you said at the beginning, like God wills are like, he wants us to be happy and like eventually like with the beatific vision, seeing him face to face, but like these laws are meant to like this is what's going to make you and the rest of my people happy. So, uh, speaking of thinking more, let's talk about logic. I, I I've heard the word logic and I know it means something about thinking, but I have no idea what the study of logic is. So why, why don't you give us a little introduction to that? Sure. Um, logic actually comes from uh, ancient Greece, so to speak. There was um, study all these studies, Aristotle. Um, Thomas Aquinas takes it from Aristotle. Um, what a thief! And he uses it, <laughs> right? Um, and basically, logic is concerned with the act of reasoning, which means it's about thinking, thinking about something. Um, the best way to kind of explain it is it's a tool, it's a tool to help us think about things. Uh, for example, in talking about natural law, there's kind of a a natural way of going about it. Um, and logic allows us to kind of go through this process to enable us to proceed without error, confusion, or unnecessary difficulty. Uh, we're going from one step to the next in a, in a process that, um, so we don't get confused, basically. Um, it allows us to search for the truth and be clear about it. Um, it allows us to think about something in an orderly way. And again, we use the first principles to um, approach um, this subject or to think about things. Um, you know, we know by uh, nature that we something cannot be and not be at the same time, and we move forward with it. Um, so that's kind of a bit about about logic. Um, it helps us also to get from something we know, like I just said, to something that we don't know. Uh, for example, God revealed Himself. He revealed many things. Uh, as a father, as son, and as the Holy Spirit. Um, but there are other things to, to deal with. And so he, he gave us his revelation, this revelation. And because we have reason, uh, we're, we can move forward um, and use our thinking, our reason, uh, along with faith. And uh, so this is, uh, logic is basically a tool to help us um, in our faith and in our theology to f- further it. Me and logic have that in common. We are both tools. So, uh, like with with logic, we want to be thinking correctly. You said it helps us to think correctly and to search for the truth. We all know that I need to think a little bit better, and I think everybody listening is searching for the truth. So, like, what are some practical ways, or either some practical ways that we use logic, or like an example of how we how we have used logic to get to a, a certain uh, revelation about God. Well, some practical ways um, for for uh, using logic logic is um, you know think about actually think about Thomas Aquinas he he think about the Summa Theologiae he takes he starts with what is sacred doctrine he starts with then uh, goes on to the existence of God and little by little goes on and talks about the attributes of God. Uh, who God is. Uh, he talks about man. He talks about the angels. He goes in this process to discover more about um, God and creation. Um, so that's kind of how uh, we use logic. We can use it in, in evangelization. Think about, uh, you know, when we meet somebody either on the street or in our parish. Um, that may perhaps they're dealing with some kind of uh, debate. They're not understanding certain parts about the faith. Uh, being able to form a good argument uh, that works properly to allow them to think through it um, could be very helpful. And it also helps us order our own lives. 
as we talked with with natural law and um, talking about the goods that we desire, and sometimes we maybe do it in excess or the complete opposite direction. We can use logic. Um, this uh, I hope it's to help us think through, to help us think through temptation. You know. Yeah, totally, man. Hey, thanks for coming Might on. Thanks, th- thanks, thanks for sharing this stuff with us, man. I d- I do appreciate it. You know, uh, I think one of the b- best things that we can learn, like like you were, you kept going back to Aquinas. Like one of the best ways to think is to learn the process from other from from these great people that we've had in the church. So, hey, Adrian, thanks for coming on. Uh, real late over in in Rome, you're like hours and hours ahead of us. <laughs> it's the middle of the night. Thanks for coming on and uh, spending some time with us and share share uh, my love with your with your baby and your wife. Uh, we are going to be right back with our third and final segment of Forte Catholic for the evening with Becca Landry. Alrighty, welcome back to Forte Catholic, our third and final segment of the day. And the second segment of the day called Taylor Isn't Smart Enough to Answer Listener Questions. Because uh, if, you, if you're just tuning in, a few months ago, I had a bunch of listeners ask questions on social media. I went through, I got maybe let's like 15 of them. I went through about 12 in like the next month. And there were like three or four of them that I just couldn't do on my own. I'm not smart enough. I either like never took a class or never learned anything about it, or I took the class <laughs> and almost failed it and barely, barely passed it to get a degree. That's the class that we're going to be talking about here today. Uh, Becca Landry is here. Uh, she has been on the show before. She's a lady that needs an introduction. So, uh, Becca, how are you doing this evening? I'm, man, I'm doing great. Um, yeah, just got out of class and uh, took. I'm actually taking philosophy of religion. And so it kind of works out that we're talking about that today philosophy a little bit but yeah i'm doing great cool so you you were in class which means you're a student where at texas a&m is that how you're required to say it no (laughs) (laughs) so there's this thing called midnight yell that like midnight Mm -hmm. the night before a football game everybody goes out and yells at each other on the football field right yeah it's not really yelling at each other they're like yelling at the other team but they're not there yet so i don't i don't get it i didn't go to him so i don't quite get it Mm. but uh, that's how they yell (laughs) i mean texas I know. <laughs> the best. I mean, it's not a creepy like whisper, but okay. <laughs> Everybody locally just tuned out. Like, I hate this guy. Yep. What is it? Mm-hmm. It's fine. They're go calling LSU. you what's go called LSU. a two percenter, and it has nothing to do with milk in the way that you would think. But you know, I think it has something to do with how I voted or something. Or is that, is that <laughs> We're not one, even. <laughs> is that one percenter? We are not even going there. <laughs> I'm not quite sure. So. uh Last segment, we talked to Adrian Charles in Rome about natural law and logic, and I'm not logical enough to understand those. I did take a metaphysics class in grad school, mm-hmm. and it was actually like a, pre- a prerequisite. I'm not even smart enough to say prerequisite. Uh, prerequisite. Co- <laughs> <laughs> I'll help you out. It was a prerequisite. See, that's why you're here, because you're just smarter than me. But I should be good at talking, and that's the one thing I'm supposed to be good at, and I'm not. Um, so I took this class, but it was an undergrad level class hmm. in grad school. Like I needed to take these two philosophies to like do the program or whatever. I took it once, and it was a tough class. And there was like some extenuating circumstances. Like I took a second job in that time, and I had a second baby in that time. So I was like, you know what? I just can't do this metaphysics stuff right now. But the good people that listen to Forte Catholic want to know what metaphysics is. And you are—you said what you're in class now, but what are you studying? It, like, what are you trying to get your degree in if you if you end up passing? I I uh, I plan on getting my degree in philosophy. It uh, it took me a long time to get to that point because the typical, um, you know opinion of a philosophy degree is like, well, I would you know like to feed my children and live in a in a decent house, so I'm not going to major in that. Um, <laughs> But honestly, like... Trying to get that MRS degree, huh? I mean, yeah, that's what some people are doing, but... I mean, I just love philosophy. I love thinking, and I love arguing, and and I love, like, just just the things that you can learn in philosophy, and that's what I've decided, and and I was particularly drawn to metaphysics when I started in philosophy. I actually didn't know what it was, so then I bought Aristotle's book called Metaphysics because it had one of those really soft covers. It was really great. Um, I actually haven't finished the book, but, but I do love it. And um, and quite literally, when you translate metaphysics, it means after physics. So it's studying the things that 
you just can't study with science. It's those things that go beyond physical science. So it's it's more or less the the study of the existence of things. And so it's this very conceptual thing that you got to study. Yeah, see, I I couldn't do I wasn't very good at physics. So then we went <laughs> to af- then we went to after <laughs> physics and I was really struggling. I barely get the pre-physics like before physics <laughs> stuff. Like I'm still on like a like fifth grade geometry. <laughs> like history and English like I was good at. But mm-hmm. I'm on like a fifth grade level science. Like yeah. I, I'm just not very smart. So uh, we've got you on to come come on to the show to talk about these things and to and to to teach me and to, and to share with the audience what metaphysics metaphysics is prere- <laughs> prerequisite. There you go. Prerequisite metaphysics. Uh, to sh- share with us what the heck this means. What does it have to do with our faith? And I think the the story of you getting booked to come on is actually pretty funny because yeah. the only two times you've ever come on the show. You just happened to be around. Like yeah, uh-huh. you came on when we did the Ministry Madness. Yep. And I was at a retreat when I had the idea, and you were like, "Oh, I have great people for this." And yeah. we talked about it. You came on the show and talked about that. Mm-hmm. And then I don't. Even, I think we were in the office or something, and I was talking about like, "Oh, people ask these questions." It was a Facebook status. Facebook status. And I'm like, "I'm too stupid for this." And Becca's like, "I'll do it." <laughs> like she's just around, and here she is. So, Woo-hoo. so metaphysics is after physics. That makes no sense to me because I'm dumb. So right. what, like, give us an intro, like, if you had to teach somebody, and I I want you to do this. Okay. And I want at least one listener to do this. Okay. The next time you're in a one-minute elevator ride, <laughs> I want you to turn to the person next to you and explain to them what metaphysics is. So teach us how to do that, Becca. Ready, set, bing! All right. So I'm going to do a little bit of an explain like I'm five years old type of type of thing. Um by after physics, uh, kind of like what I was saying earlier, it means those things that science just cannot explain. And so when you're when you're studying existence, a lot of times that that is studying, you know, arguments for the existence of God and and how did God create these things? Or maybe it's studying evolution and and like how did things, but like not just you know macroevolution. How do we get from one animal to the next? But but how did things come into existence? And that's a hard thing to study because you can't, you know, do scientific experiments and just come up with the answer. And so there's there's a lot, a lot of philosophers who spend years and their lifetimes studying metaphysics because it's just something that it's not hard science. So it's something that's very you just have to have a little bit of faith sometimes when it comes to that. And uh and so looking at different arguments for the existence of God, different um, theories of evolution and creation, and it, it's kind of like that. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to step off the elevator with you because I've actually kind of – I'm intrigued by what you have to say. So I'm stepping off the elevator, and my follow-up question is I don't get it. That's a statement. Not that a is a question. I'm also not very good with words. <laughs> I don't get so, it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Ron Burgundy. <laughs> so or what I hear you saying is that this is like proving the existence of God. Without using the Bible, mm-hmm. you could do that. Yeah, I thought I you had to you like can. be like, "Oh, this is John's gospel," but people who don't read like the Bible don't like yeah. God. That sort of thing, right? People who don't believe in the existence of God probably don't believe in the in the you the know, existence of the Bible. Of, of scripture, the of Bible does not exist. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's not divine. So ex- this whole metaphysics thing, because I want I want people to get a grasp, and I want to get a grasp of it. What metaphysics is for? Because we're talking about it being. Uh, after physics, we're talking about it being uh, understanding things that we can't understand with science. So, mm-hmm. like, before we even get to the, like, proofs for the ar- uh, existence of God, what are some examples of what metaphysics is studying? What are you learning about? These kind of mm. things. Because I think I'm starting to get the concept, but, like, what are some examples going to be like, okay, that's metaphysics. Yeah. Um, it's it's kind of hard to pinpoint specific things because there's so many things underneath that. But the biggest one that I am interested in is the existence of God, studying that, um, studying things like the Big Bang Theory, um, studying things like the the TV show on CBS. Yes, Taylor. Okay. The the TV show. That cannot um, be explained through science. <laughs> no, it can't. <laughs> Why people think that is funny cannot be explained by anyone. Oh my god. Stupid show. <laughs> but but things like time and and space. So like as concepts, like if you were to try and explain to me what time is, I seriously doubt you could explain it except by saying you don't have enough of it. Or or when it comes to space, what is space? There's a lot of theories about space and about time, but explaining what they are and how they came into being, that's 
those are some of the things that metaphysics tackles. Yeah, again, not smart enough to figure this <laughs> stuff out. So let's get into the stuff that I've actually might might have might have heard before, because uh, I think I slept through this part of the class. <laughs> so the existence of God, because this is mm-hmm. this stuff gets really interesting. So without the Bible, mm-hmm. so, so this this will be helpful for people who are, are listening, driving around, listening on the podcast or on the radio. How can you prove? How did Aristotle prove? How do the people people who are metaphysically smart? Mm-hmm. How can you prove the existence of God without using the Bible or or the catechism or tradition? Yeah. Um, There are three main types of arguments for the existence of God. There's the cosmological argument, the ontological argument, and the teleological argument. Um, When it comes to those three, the ontological argument, if anybody who was not interested in philosophy heard it, they would be like, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. This is stupid. That's Um, what I say in... Almost every moment in that class that I took. Yeah, I believe this is that. stupid. <laughs> and, and, like, I was saying, this is stupid. It doesn't make sense. But really what I was saying was, I'm too stupid for this <laughs> to make sense. Yeah. I mean, that's, it's, that is probably the hardest one to get your mind around. But the one that I kind of want to talk about is, is um, the teleological argument, which is easiest explained through an analogy. So it's kind of like, I mean, I'll just read this right here, that, that there's three premises. So it says... One, machines are produced by intelligent design. I think that everybody can can agree with that. Like if you find a watch, I'll use that example in a couple minutes. Like if you find a watch, it's pretty easy to understand someone has designed this for a purpose. Um, the second I wish, premise, I wish watches came through the Big Bang. Bam! Watch! <laughs> Whoa! Meantime, that was did, so, so cool! <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! It would, it would help two, my wallet. It would help my wallet a lot. Bam! Watch. Bam, new iPhone. That would help a lot of people's wallets. <laughs> Man, I mean, little mini bangs everywhere. Well, anyway, premise two. Um, the universe resembles a machine, meaning that like the, if you were to look at the universe, it, it works in certain ways with other parts of the universe. That there is, there is a purpose in a way of for the universe. So it, it resembles this machine. Therefore, premise three, probably the universe was produced by intelligent design. So that's that's an analogy of it, and that doesn't necessarily prove the existence of God. Um, but, but, but probably. But probably. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's kind of one of those things. The teleological argument, I mean, teleos or, or telos, is, it has to do with like a means to an end, right? So it has a purpose. And, and there's this uh, philosopher named William Paley. I love the way that he writes because it's so simple. Um, and he says, you know, if I was walking across a path and I hit and I bumped into a stone and I asked where it came from, I mean, I could I could like maybe find a reason, but like rocks are really hard to understand, like what their purpose is. But if I if I was going across that same path and I found a watch laying on the floor of a forest, looking at it, I know that it has a purpose and I know that there's something that it was made for. And therefore, someone had to make it for that purpose. And you just found you were the first person to find the crime scene. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> or, you know, just somebody found a, just dropped it, I guess. Yeah, that could happen. It doesn't it doesn't say it's again, a nice watch. Again, probably. It doesn't say it's a nice. It could be a Walmart watch. Anyway, so so if you were to come across that watch, you would know, like, there's a purpose for this. You there was someone who designed it who made it for its own purpose. And when we look at the universe, maybe we can't specifically say, oh, the universe was created for this. But all the things within the universe work together seemingly for a purpose. And if we keep following that logic back and we say, oh, well, a human being must have made this watch for a purpose. Well, then what was that human being made for? And maybe he was made to be a watchmaker or, or whatever other thing. Then someone must have had to create him and that would be his parents. And then those parents had to be created by their parents. And you keep following that back and then you follow macroevolution back even more. And eventually we get to the Big Bang and we're like, what's before the Big Bang? And no one can figure that out. But... That's where Christianity kind of like it's been woven through everything, but it it steps in and that's where faith is. And so you have to believe that something made the Big Bang happen because the purpose of the Big Bang was to bring about the universe that we have. And if it has a purpose, then like it's saying here, probably like logically speaking, if it has a purpose, it must have had an intelligent designer. And so when we talk about the, the teleological argument, it's like the universe has a means to an end, whether or not we know it. And there must have been a designer who designed that universe for its end, for its means to that end. And that's that's kind of like where that, you know, proof for the existence of God comes from. It's an interesting thing because a lot of times people are like, prove that God exists. 
And I'm like, you prove that he doesn't exist. You know, and it's, it's this thing that people want, like, absolute certainty. 100% God is real or God isn't. Right. But, like, the- theology, uh, philosophy, like, all of these things have some degree of faith. And, like, there's a saying that's like uh, a Christian man talking to an atheist. Is like, an atheist is like, I've studied these things, and there's all this evidence pointing to the existence of God. Most likely, there is a God, like, th- from all these proofs, right? Logically, we can get there. And then... Like the, he, what he says is, you th- think that I have faith and I'm able to believe this. He says, I don't have enough faith to be an atheist mm-hmm. because there's so much more proof that there's a God than that there, that there isn't right. a God. Um, so we got, a, we got about two minutes left here. What, like, other than the, the proof of the existence of God and these things that we can get to logically that can help us in discussions with our, our non-Christian friends or people that we meet. Uh, what has studying metaphysics done for your faith life? Hmm. I think that in in discovering these arguments for the existence of God, thinking about time and its existence and and motion and its purpose um, has made me just appreciate God even more for who he is. Because when I, you know, when I create something, when I like paint something or take a picture of something and I think it's really beautiful and I want to show it to other people, imagine like how much more beautiful God's creation is and he makes it so intricately and everything has a purpose and like the fact that we have time is actually so beautiful and the fact that we have motion and like perfect motion and and I'm a huge fan of space I love space and like we can look at the stars and we can see things beyond our own planet just like all of that beauty has made me appreciate God and his work more than I ever ever thought that I could. And so it's increased my faith in him because if the God who can speak a word and create the universe, speak a word and breathe stars cares enough to create me, then he must love me a lot. And I, and he deserves my time as little as it is. You know what I learned from metaphysics? Nothing. That (laughs) (laughs) pretty close, pretty close. What I learned from metaphysics is that God is good. Mm-hmm. But he, because he gave us so many ways to understand him, I understand the Bible a lot more than I understand <laughs> metaphysics because that yeah. that's the way that he speaks to me. And I, but I, I think these things are very helpful because there are some people, uh, a lot of people come to God through experience, right? And like I think mm-hmm. that's primarily my was has been my experience. I've, I came to him through encountering him and then learning more, like some philosophy stuff, but primarily through the church's teachings and these kinds of things. Right. But I have friends who. Like scientifically, we're just like let's prove the God, and they came through metaphysics. They came through these kinds of uh, of discussions. So, uh, Becca, thanks for thanks for coming on today. Yeah, thanks for and, having uh, me. Uh, f- once and for all, you got to prove that you're smarter than me on a, on a radio show. It is recorded, and I'm going to burn this tape to the ground. Whatever we are done <laughs> here. So, uh, where can people get connected with you? How can they follow you? Oh man, um, the the social media that I use the most probably is Facebook. So if you if you just look up Becca B E C K A Landry, it's like laundry without a U. You can find me on there. Um, you can email me if you feel like it. It's Rebecca, spelled like the biblical way, R-E-B-E-K-A-H, at ablazeyouth.org. And I would happily answer any questions that you have. L- laundry without the U. That's how I explain I it to I can't do people. laundry without you. Thanks for coming on. We'll see you next week. <laughs> All right, thanks. Thanks.